so that means for the the Hail Mary to beat Nebraska, you were there oh, for that? Is that right? I remember deafening silence. And this seven-year-old kid looked up at his mom and said, he didn't catch it, did he? The only thing I heard for about five seconds was that kid sobbing. Like, it's, it, it was haunting. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get That Job, the show where two not-so-interesting guys ask interesting people one question and then interrupt them as they try to answer it. Joining us today is Tyson Hutchins. Tyson graduated from Brigham Young University in 2017 after an internship with MindQuest and a gig at another tech company, Mozenda. During his time at school, he started working with his BYU's athletic department. That eventually turned into a job for three years. Tyson was the digital content and new media creator at BYU. That was until January of 2020 when he officially made the move to Clemson, South Carolina. Today, he is the senior director of creative solutions at Clemson University Athletics. Tyson, welcome to the show. And how the fuck did you get that job? Ah, it's a, I appreciate y'all having me. It's great to be here. Thank you both. That's quite the introduction. You really, uh, you really covered it. Scoured my le- <laughs> my uh, LinkedIn account. It looks like so. That's the uh, key. <laughs> that's 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 great. You've got it covered. No, it's awesome. Thank you both for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. We are too. Very, very highly requested guest, actually. We, we, the, oh, come wow. on multiple times with the sports creatives we we talked to, notably yeah. Nick Conklin. Ah, well, well, Nick's a good one. I, uh, you, you had Nick on, correct? I believe I, yeah. I mm-hmm. to your episode with Nick. Nick is, uh, Nick's one of the best. I'm not going to lie. He, he left some, some very large shoes for me to fill here at Clemson. So, but he's a good one. Let's, uh, let's rewind. Let, let's go back all the way to the beginning. What, what may BYU the right choice for you? Uh, I won't lie to a certain extent. Uh, it was a faith-based decision. I remember the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, Mormons, as as we're commonly referred to, and, and grew up in that faith. And BYU is a, a church-sponsored institution, as well as growing up just uh, being a fan of of the athletic department there. My my dad went to BYU and was a fan, and so it was kind of a, a family thing for us to, to go to BYU games and have season tickets and that that whole bit and so for me it was always just kind of you know if I can get into BYU I'd love to go to BYU and so at at the time that's kind of as simple as that is you know a great academic institution wanted to be able to to have that type of experience and so uh, when I got in it was an obvious choice for me. When when you were at the football games and Taysom Hill was the quarterback did you did you know he was going to be that good? I mean, honestly, yes. Like, like Taysom had four season-ending injuries in his college career. And every season, Taysom would rehab and get back. And somehow, he was, like, better than he was previously. And then something crazy would happen. He'd blow his ACL or, or just the wildest of things. And we always said, like, at BYU, most people think if Taysom Hill stays healthy – he like wins the Heisman. Like he is a freak of an athlete. He's unreal. And so, uh, yeah, to be honest, like we always knew if he could be healthy, that he could be really competitive and obviously just an incredible athlete. So yeah, it was a fun time to be at BYU watching Taysom play for sure. So you're at BYU, you're watching Taysom. How did you know right when you set foot on campus, I want to create content. I eventually want to get 
on the digital content team at BYU or what was your mindset first stepping on campus? Honestly, I, I think about that a lot. I know there are a lot of kids who go, man, you know, I've, I've had a camera ever since I was in middle school and I used to record this and that. Like, that's a very common story, right? You hear that all the time. For me, it was not that way at all. I, when I got to BYU, I was planning to go to law school. That was kind of the, the plan all along, really right up until my junior year. Like I, I had taken the LSAT. I was like applying to law schools, all of that stuff. And then on Twitter, I saw just someone had tweeted, hey, the athletic department is having um, internships for this social media assistant position, like as an intern, like a paid student job. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. I didn't really know that was a career path or a thing. Like I truly didn't, which is wild to think about now. So I always had a love for social media. Like I was really active on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook and, and those things. And so I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll give this a shot. I love sports. I grew up playing sports, was obviously a fan of the athletic department and and so I applied and was lucky enough to, to get that, that internship as a student. And so that started off with me being just a social media assistant for like the men's and women's volleyball accounts. I would help manage the accounts and do the Snapchat stories and the different things at the time that were, that were part of that. And, and I, I very quickly knew like, oh, this is way better than being an attorney like like this is definitely a better route than being an attorney and so um i just kind of dove into it and that became my my education i guess like i was a sociology major at byu so not a ton of uh value in immediately finding a job in, in that sense and so i um, really kind of just threw myself into this internship as a student and and learned a ton from, from my bosses, David Almodova and Stuart Call at BYU. And, and then at the same time, uh, video became like a really big thing on social media. Instagram had added video um, at that time. And, and I, I, we didn't have a ton of like video content, but I knew it was going to be a thing. And so I really kind of dove into that, like, the whole, you know, people talk about like YouTube university or whatever, like I would see something cool and I'd try and replicate it and, and just learned a lot through that process and, and really had honed in my, my video skills just through trial and error. And then when I graduated, I was lucky enough to get a graduate assistant three quarter time job at BYU. And then eventually that led to a full time job at BYU. And the rest is kind of, kind of history. What, so what, I majored in in English. Another another one of those not a lot of applications yeah, after at, school. At least, can, at least you can write well, though. You, you <laughs> that, that, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I do, I do. I, that's one thing. I didn't have the foresight then, but that that was useful. But I yeah. I did the whole LSAT apply for law school thing too. I did, I did it and then ended up not oh, wow. going. Some uncomfortable conversations with my parents, like at the end of it, about not going what was what was your experience in explaining to people this isn't the route you know it's it's really funny that you mentioned that so i kind of at the same time that all this was going on i got married and like i had to tell my wife hey like you didn't marry an attorney like i know that was the plan but um that's not i don't want to do that 
And so I joke around, we joke around with her of like, Hey, you thought you were getting an attorney and now I tweet for a living. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, some, some, uh, uncomfortable conversations, but when I, when I talked to my parents and stuff, they were like, we can tell you're way more passionate about this than you ever were about, about going to law school. And so luckily I have a really strong support system who, who were on board and, and I'm super grateful for that. Absolutely. And like when you're starting to pick up, like you recognize the need for video and that, that you can provide value there. Like what, what are the first things that you're shooting? Like is the athletic director and the athletic office giving you credentials to the games or are you just starting to edit on your own or how, how'd that process go? Yeah. So luckily uh, at the time I, I already had a credential and what I was doing a lot of was like uh, at the time, Snapchat stories, like Snapchat stories were, were really a thing. And, and then all of a sudden we started seeing a lot of like quick turn video Clemson actually like was one of the first that we saw of like these schools who were shooting really high end video and turning really high end video, like simultaneously or nearly simultaneously. And so we had like a, I think it was like a Canon T3i like laying around the office. And I was like, I, I'm going to take this. We, we, at the same time, we kind of had another student who was kind of dabbling in it as well. And so we basically just said like, let's give this a shot. Like we're just going to start shooting video with this like old T3i that we have in the office. And the stuff did really well. Like all of a sudden it had a different look to it. It was awesome. And because of that, our bosses and administrators and things like that, they were bought into it because it looked, it looked really good and, and people were into it. And so super fortunate in that sense that we just had a really supportive uh, group at BYU who was willing to kind of let us learn on the job. And then eventually within a year or so, we were really in a good spot and kind of grew from there and, and really built out uh, not only a social media department, but a video department as well within that. So that's kind of the, the process, I guess. And what kind of line did you have to walk between, you know, what the back is with the school being, you know, faith-based, like you talked about, like the kind of content that, you know, might have stepped over, over the line from, from that perspective. Cause I, I was a, long story to get to this, but I was running the Barstool Sports Nebraska account in 2016. One of the best accounts on the internet wow. that not enough people talked about was the Barstool BYU account. And so yeah. I, I got exposed to that account and I started seeing the line that they were able to walk made that account even that much better. So I'm really interested to hear your perspective on where those lines were. Yeah, that that's funny that uh so that means for the the Hail Mary to beat Nebraska, you were there oh, for that? Is that right? I saw I was in the stadium and I saw I remember deafening silence and this seven year old kid looked up at his mom and said, He didn't catch it, did he? He didn't he didn't get over the line. And the mom just shook his head and the kids the only thing I heard for about five seconds was that kid sobbing. Like it's, it, it was haunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine what a wild time. That's crazy that you ran that account at that time, but uh, sorry, I had to find that out, but yeah, oh. back to your original question. <laughs> of, of, uh, yeah. I was going to say yeah, not to like kind of trigger, right there. Yeah, to trigger, trigger some PTSD there, but, uh, but yeah, no, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a unique, it's a unique battle. Uh, and, 
and to be honest, it, it's not that crazy, to be honest. I mean, most university athletic departments don't function in the same way that like Barstool accounts do and things like that. And so the biggest thing for us was like, we had to be selective with music and, and making sure that, that things weren't too vulgar in that sense, or, you know, making sure we, we don't have players or coaches cursing on the accounts or in a video or something like that. And so to be honest, it's, it wasn't that different. It was just kind of one of those things where you got to know your audience a little bit, where your audience is a lot more conservative religiously. And so there were things like that. But to be honest, it wasn't something that we were actively worried about all the time. For the most part, we, we just ran the account the same way that, that I do here at Clemson. So Before we keep going, I've actually – um, never seen this play. So uh, we're going to do a, 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 live, a live commentary. All right, so he drops oh. back. Okay, running around. Tanner Mangum. 50-yard 50, 50 line. You take it, Tyson. Uh, Mitch what, Matthews at the goal Tyson? line, comes down, catches it. This one, my Taron Houck here, number 11, he hugs the referee. It's, it's, an, uh, it's an unreal moment. But, but yeah, no, to, to add some context to this, Taysom, you remember those like season ending injuries I talked about? Taysom Hill in the first quarter of this game is shredding Nebraska. And then tearing them apart. Yeah. Then he runs into the end zone, tears his Liz, like pops his Liz Frank, whatever the appropriate term is for that. And he's out. And so we put in Tanner Mangum, great kid, true freshman. And he pulls off this win against Nebraska in Nebraska. And so, yeah, it's a big, mo- it's a big moment in BYU history. I'm glad you uh, <laughs> let me relive it here. As yeah, a- just a little hit- history lesson for me, actually. So, uh, but, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're doing this, guys. I'm glad we're doing no. this. <laughs> yeah, sorry for, no, for Jake. That was I, I do remember too. watching Taysom that day. I, I still have the ticket from that game because it was Mike Riley's first game. The Taysom that – that first quarter, like, I believed the hype. Because everybody was hyping him up beforehand. Everyone's like, BYU is going to be our toughest game. And I was like, this kid is like, people sometimes when they find their person in the Mountain West, they can hype him up. And I was like, no, this kid is as advertised. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Last thing I'll say is my football team is uh, a lot worse than both both of yours. So you guys can use helmets. Syracuse Orange. Um, but but back 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 to your story and less about uh, some, some college football. I guess we'll talk about college football. But like, what when did what was the moment when you realized that like you really had a knack for this industry and like with behind being behind a camera? For me, I thought about that a little bit. And for me, I think there was a moment at BYU when I was a, a three quarter time employee, and I was trying to figure out, you know, what is there a future here? Is there a career in this? Or am I just like having a good time getting to be on the sidelines of events and things like that? And I remember I I found out how much we were paying for like intro videos, like for videos on the video board. We were were hiring third party entities to come and, and create these elements for for our video boards and and they were they were awesome i know the people who made them and and i can't speak more highly of them really really talented people but one of the things is i remember watching one and and being like i i can make that like like i know how much we're paying for that and i think i can make it 
Like, I think I could do that. And I remember approaching um, my boss at BYU and being like, Hey, give me a, give me a shot to make, make these like, or try and make one. And I did. And, and every, everyone really liked it. Now I, I probably, I, I don't think that exists on the internet anywhere, thankfully, because I would probably cringe at it now. But I remember in the moment being like, okay, like I can do this. Like, this is a thing. Like I remember very specifically being in the venue, being in Lavelle Edwards stadium, seeing it on the video board and being like, Oh, I like, I can, I can do this. Like I, I can, I can make this a career. And so for me, that was like a really big defining moment. And then as well, just kind of seeing the, seeing the reaction that, that folks were having to, to our content on, on social was really reassuring as well. And so kind of a combination of, of those things. And, and the, the industry was kind of at a real maturity level. I definitely think I hit it at a right time where like social video was new and this kind of creative style of DSLR mirrorless cameras running around the field um, and kind of a, a different look to things. I definitely hit it at the right time. And, and so it was a combination of things, but those are the main ones that stick out. And so now I'm really interested to hear about your transition because you're as big a BYU fan, I think, as, as I've ever talked to. When you're when Clemson, how did this opportunity come to you and what made it the right time for you to move? Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of Nick Conklin, he he's a big part of that. And so uh, there's kind of a combination of things. And so the first one, this is like a small caveat, but I remember when I decided to get into this, like get into social media, get into video, there's a there's a website and hopefully this will be valuable for your for your listeners that they don't already know, but there's like a NCAA marketplace website. It's like a job board for college athletics jobs. And you can set up various alerts for what, what type of jobs you want. And so I remember I set up three notifications. I set up one for um, creative jobs. So anything with like creative in the title or anything like that, one for social media jobs and then jobs at Clemson. That was like, you could do it by school. And so I had set those three things up. And that was because to me, Clemson was kind of the gold standard of social media in sports. Um, they, they were really early on in all these things and credit my boss, Jonathan Gant here and, and Nick Conklin, who was, who was part of that as well. And so in, in my mind, Clemson was always like the gold standard. And I, I used to joke around with my wife. I'd be like, I don't ever want to leave BYU unless like Clemson offers me a job. Like that was something that I like legitimately joked around with, with her about. And so I kind of always had Clemson in the back of my mind in that sense. And then to bring Nick into it, we were really trying to build out our own department at BYU. My boss, Stuart Call had done a great job. And, and when I came on board, we were like, okay, let's take this thing to the moon. Let's like make it as big and as strong as we can. And so I reached out to Nick and said, hey, hey, Nick, we're trying to kind of build this thing out. We'd love to talk to you about the structure of the department. Like, I know you utilize students a lot. How can you talk to me about that? How you go about that? And so um, I had a conversation with Nick, man, it was probably four, four, maybe five years ago now, like early on in this process. And, and then from that, we built our department at BYU after kind of Clemson's model of, 
of a creative department in college athletics. And so when Nick had the opportunity to uh, move on to, to better media and, and get, get a new job there, he had reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm leaving Clemson. Like, I know we've had some conversations in the past. I know that the department at BYU is structured really similarly to how we do things at Clemson. Would you be interested in, in this position? And obviously I was like it, I, I tell that first story as a precursor to just how crazy it was that he reached out to me about that. And so from there was able to, to come and, and check out Clemson and, and just the opportunity that it, that it provides to, to be able to cover not only the number one football program in the country, but just a very strong athletic department and, and things like that. And so that's kind of the story of how, cause you're right. I'm a, I am a BYU fan and, and, grew up in that and I really thought I would never leave but obviously there there's a great opportunity here at Clemson and I'm grateful for it and so it's kind of the background of it awesome that's that's really cool that that's that the seed was planned that early too yeah what for sure how how big of a role because Clemson like nationally Clemson has a reputation for investing more in athletics did that have any impact on your decision where you're thinking like okay well this is a program that's going to continue to invest in and whereas and, and I think BYU has definitely shown evidence of that too but at all college programs that's not necessarily a guarantee if they're trying to cut costs social and digital media unfortunately might be one of the first places they go for sure yeah no that's a that's a really good point and, and I definitely felt that and I feel that now um, and I'm grateful for that is, is at Clemson, the buy-in to social media and digital media and this kind of uh, forward thinking marketing strategy that, that we have. Um, it's definitely become more commonplace, but it's still fairly unique to, to have the pe- people have asked, you know, what, what is it like at Clemson? Like, like, how do you describe it? And, and one of the things that that I always say and give the example of is everyone at Clemson is bought into what we do, like content, social, everyone's bought into it from the top to the bottom and everyone in between. They're bought into what we're trying to do. And so you don't have to really sell it to anyone. And massive credit to Jonathan Gant, my boss, and Nick Conklin, who was here before me, and Jeff Callen, who's now our assistant uh, athletic director over communications. Like they built that, and so I get to to live the the fruits of their labors. But that that is, that is one thing is that that's awesome. Was Clemson to be so innovative in, in the, I, I in the space. I I think so. I, I and it, it may not be the only thing, but I think it definitely plays a role where you know at other at other places maybe you have to you know sell the equipment guys on why you should do a jersey reveal or showcase the equipment in this way like we we don't have that issue like we like talked to we, jeff honnell uh, over at auburn about his, the first time he did a jersey uh, a jersey reveal he literally almost had to risk his job to film the jersey reveal because nobody was giving him sign off on it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's little things like that where, you know, they just know, oh, this is good for Clemson. This is good for recruiting. These guys know what they're doing. And so they're bought into it. And so I use equipment as an example, but, but that's everything that like everyone knows the value that it can add to the department, to recruiting and all of those things. And, and 
it's a that is something I'm super grateful for. It's a very very unique thing and and something that I think is becoming more commonplace, but but definitely something where it's been that way at Clemson for a significant period of time. You you talked about the structure of Clemson and how the creative and the digital department is a little different, or at least was very different than a lot of others across the country a couple of years ago in utilizing students. How, how is it set up now? Is it set up similarly? And how do you guys handle that transition? Because you're going to have different students each year, each semester. The onboarding process with that has to be pretty sophisticated. Like what, how, what kind of challenges are you dealing with and how do you roll through them that quickly? For sure. No, uh, we, we take the name of our department very literally here at Clemson. So we are creative solutions. And so what that means is, you know, anyone in the athletic department who needs a creative solution, whether that's a graphic, whether that's a video, whether that's, uh, I don't, a, a database of content to share with recruits, what, whatever that might be, we are the creative solution for that. We, we can assist them in doing that. And so that, that is the goal and purpose of our department. And so uh, we, we help everyone in athletics, but I think we kind of fall into, we're right in between recruiting and marketing and communications. Those are like the three departments that we really heavily work within and rely on. And, and to your point, we, we do rely on students um, heavily. We, we, uh, I mentioned the buy-in and, and that luckily we have buy-in with our um, full-time positions as well. Um, we have a handful of full-time positions in creative solutions, which is, which is fantastic. And we're very grateful for that. But, but yeah, we do rely on students and we've been very blessed to have some really awesome students come through Clemson both now and before I got here. I mean, there, there are people who are pioneers in the industry in my mind who were students at Clemson and they have jobs all across the country from sport professional sports teams to other departments and and everything in between and so the as for the you know how we handle the turnover and things like that uh we're still trying to figure that out to a certain extent you know uh we're very lucky that a lot of the students who come to us are aware of what we do and are aware of our department and kind of how we go about things and so we've been really lucky to get a lot of students who are skilled when they get to us um, and then we just kind of have to shape the the branding and creative of how they go about things and so there's definitely some lumps that you'll take when you rely on students in the way that we do and and we we still have those but um, we we try and do our best to to you know set a foundation and a, and a formula for them so that they can be successful when we put them in a certain situation weird weird question but do you guys ever like i know you guys do a really good job of recruiting football players but do you guys like recruit video like like creatives to to your school not to the school no that's not something that that we do occasionally we'll have a student reach out to us and say hey i'm coming to clemson and part of why i wanted to come to clemson was to work with y'all that that does happen occasionally but no we don't we don't recruit before they get to clemson now when they get to clemson yeah we we recruit heavily with with those folks on campus and so that the 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 applicable majors know that they should point those talented students in our direction and and we can offer them a, a really good 
yeah. um, educational experience. Do you think it's ever going to get to that point? It's uh, a good question. I, I mean, not, not specifically at Clemson, but just, I guess, like at, at all schools. Because oh, we yeah. interviewed Mike Hunter and uh, Kyle Gardner. If I was like, if I was a basketball coach at a mid-major and like I, I, I would invest in the kid like that. I'd be like, hey, come over, make these mixtapes get us recruits. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and th- those two guys are great examples. Uh, I-, I know both of them personally as well and really talented, strong kids. And, and y- you asked, do I think that would happen like in general? I think so. Like, I don't think it's out of the question that, you know, some, some basketball coach or someone could say, Hey, I'm adding a scholarship or can I add a scholarship for, you know, a creative position that I, I don't think that's outlandish by any means. And I think what Clemson's done a good job of too, is like, they are, you know, the, the, like what I was saying, the innovative school, like they're at their Apple, they're known for innovating in the sports world. Right. And they're successful at it. Similarly, Ohio state does a great job as well. Those top programs, but uh, just through our business too, like we work with, we work with younger creatives creating like, um, uh, just content for our clients. And some of those are, you know, juniors and seniors in high school. And uh, a couple of them have said like, yeah, like I I'm, I'm going to a big time football school for that. Like they're not even going for the major. Like they've literally said like, I want to go to either Bama or Clemson or Ohio state, because I know that I I'll be, because I'm, I'm talented. They are talented. Right. I'm going to be able to get in front of on, on the field and produce dope content for these teams. So that's where, it, it weighs more almost than a, uh, you know, a good degree or whatever major. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And that's the thing is I, I feel like anyone at any age, there's no age of, of what, when someone is talented enough. You, you see now, like I, I've seen, you know, 16 year old animators who are contracted by Bleacher Report to like make draft content or like, like things like that it's really it's really crazy and so that is one thing I love about the industry is like there are so many really talented people and we've been super fortunate to have a lot of those people come through come through our program and hopefully we'll continue to uh and and so it if some kid came to Clemson to to work with us obviously we'd we'd vet them through the process like we do with anyone else but obviously we're we're flattered by that and 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 would love to, to utilize students in that way. And this is more of a speculative question, but we talked a little bit before we hit the record button about NLI and student athletes being able to make money from their name, likeness, and image. Uh, hopefully in, in this coming year, legislation's not all settled yet, but where David and I see potentially an issue and an opportunity uh, colleges are creating unreal content for their programs. Some of that features very heavily a couple different players, and that's really helped them build their brand. So colleges like Clemson and like the Ohio State have already shown the ability to boost somebody like a Trevor Lawrence. Where what David and I have, like our theory is that those departments don't have enough bandwidth to build the brands of 350 student athletes all at the same time what are like i guess what are your thoughts on that theory um 
I, I wouldn't say I, I, I refute it, but I think there are things that we can do to, to do that. Um, there are resources that we invest in. And to be honest, like, you know, do we have the bandwidth to make 350 hype videos a week for each individual player? Like, I like, no, like, like, to be honest, like not, not at this time, but I think so much of that will come. Everyone thinks about the physical content, right? Like having things to post. That's what everyone thinks about first and foremost, but I, I think it's such a, you know, uh, the breadth of that will get complicated really quickly where, you know, they need to be educated on things. And to, to that point, I do think we'll be able to distribute a lot of content and we're already preparing for some things like that um, and just having things in place. And so that we can, and obviously all of this relies on what the legislation will be, but our goal is to just, position our athletes in the best way possible to build their brands and then will what comes from that will be uh great but we're going to support the student athletes in, in their ability to do that and and i think you'll see some people do some wild things to do that uh and and i think you'll see some schools who don't need to do the wild and crazy things and will will help build people's brands just as well and so It'll be interesting to see. That's for sure. I, th I think we're definitely, we're, it's not like we're not thinking about it. We're, we're thinking about it and trying to prepare for it, but a lot of it will depend on that legislation and, and what exactly comes from that. So uh, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. I will say that it will be an interesting few years following those changes. Definitely. I think any, any, any athlete, I guess that, that I'd be advising I'd, uh, any, you know, a lot of rivals top 150 in the Northwest Colorado area. But if one, if one were to come to me, I'd say Clemson would be my top pick to go build your brand. We're, uh, we're terrible at enemies, Tyson. Uh, so we go into the quick question round to finish. Uh, no sponsor for it yet. Should be, should be coming. We've still, waiting. Had... still waiting 83 episodes later, but. Uh... Wait... No, we've, well, we, we've had my mom and we've had David's former college roommate, but all both sponsor. So soon. Soon. <laughs> I like it. Soon. I'll, I'll be rooting for y'all. I'll keep listening <laughs> and wait for the sponsor. Thank you. Uh, David, you want to start us off? Yeah. Uh, person you'd most want to sit down to dinner with? Uh, LeBron James. Favorite city in the world? New York City. There you go. Is it okay to sleep with socks on? It's okay, but I don't recommend it. Favorite romantic comedy? Hitch. Best spot to eat in Provo, Utah? Bam Bam's Barbecue. The barbecue joint, really big BYU fan, went and got educated in his barbecue making skills from uh, in Texas and then came back to Utah. If you ever go there, the owner's name's Cam. You can tell him I sent you. Bam Bam's. Love it. Uh, best BYU athlete ever. Ever? Ever. That's that's tough. Honestly, I I I actually will say Taysom Hill. There you go. As far I, as just I have pure, the Steve Young card ready here. I have pure Steve. athlete. See, there are a couple that are tough. Steve Young, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge played professional baseball while he was the BYU uh, basketball player. Like there are some great ones out there, but just sheer athletic ability i'm gonna go taysom hill in uh in 40 years what will people be nostalgic for phone calls 
a good answer. I don't think we've gotten that one. That was a good, that's a good answer. Um, one thing people don't understand about working in college athletics is blank. It's a lot more than just making cool stuff. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? Go to law school. In one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? A breadth of possibility. So not to put you on the spot, but you tweeted that you will not be sharing your Spotify 2020 wrapped. In addition to anything else this year, your music taste was completely out of whack. Please respect this decision. Um, can you can you give us something? <laughs> the people want to know. Uh, uh, let's, let's say, this is what I'll say. Uh, my eighth grade, uh, pop punk emo taste in music came through in 2020 way more than I ever anticipated it would. And so, uh, that, that would, that's what prompted the tweet. <laughs> okay. I'm a big, like, Blink-182 Blink fan. So if, if it was any of those. Blink one eighty Blink one eighty two was on there. Uh, I I will I will say that, but I, I'm uh, I'm less embarrassed by the Blink one eighty two than I am by some of the others. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll, res we'll respect your privacy at this time. Uh, who's somebody you think should be at hop on this podcast? Uh, there's a guy, uh, Cameron Good is his name. Uh, he used to work for the Chicago Bears, um, was making really great content for, for them, and, and now he, he does freelance. And uh, he, he works on some projects that take like a really uh, seemingly significant amount of time, and I'm always continually impressed by the stuff he does. And so Cameron Good, I'll say. Uh, and then in 2030, you can catch Tyson Hutchins blank. Still with a camera in his hand in some way. There it is. Tyson, we appreciate you giving us the time. Uh, where can people follow you if they want to keep up with the journey? Uh, pretty much just at Tyson Hutchins everywhere. If you if you search my name, Tyson Hutchins, it'll come up everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those things. So. Perfect. Tyson Hutchins, ladies and gentlemen.